Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 792. If you'd like to have a copy of it, uh, Sharon will tell you um, how to receive one. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Uh, I have, uh, we're going to continue on in the 12th chapter of the book of uh, Proverbs. I've got music and letters, but right now let's pray. Father, continue to anoint me and continue to open people's hearts to receive your word. We have word, Lord, that these uh, messages are winning thousands upon thousands and millions of souls. And uh, it's all because you do the anointing. No man can win any uh, soul to the Lord. It's uh, unless it's you in them uh, doing the preaching and the teaching. Lord, I praise your precious, wonderful name, and we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Lord, rebuke Satan. Hallelujah. Bind him. Send in finances. We know uh, there's so many people that have need, and we need more finances to help them. And we're supposed to help people. It's a commandment from you. And if we don't do it, uh, you tell us to do, well, then, of course, we're witches. And I don't want to be a witch, Lord, so we'll help people as much as we can with what we have. Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name that souls will be saved. And the church, the body of Christ, the New Jerusalem, not religions, but the salvationists here on earth that really love you and are doing your work, shall be strengthened. In Jesus' name, I pray and everyone says amen. Amen. Now, Janie Fricky has sang a lot of songs with me, and here's one that she sings on her own. This was before she was the star, a big star, and she uh, sang with me. And here she is to sing uh, after she's been a star. People get ready.
just as saved his own and pity on those whose chances grow thinner for there's no hiding place against the kingdom's throne so people get ready there's a train Praise the Lord. Well, we're in the uh, 12th chapter of uh, Proverbs, and this is verse 11. Uh, the person, or he that tilleth his land, shall be satisfied with bread. Well, all that means is those that work with their hands will not starve. They won't, uh, they'll be filled with bread satisfied with bread um, it's not like all these people in the world today that are thinking that the world owes them a living and that God owes them a living God tells you how you're able to have bread and that's those that work those that try to get out of work or that are lazy and just uh, depend on others to support them uh, they're not going to be satisfied with bread. They're always hungry. He that tilleth his land. Those that go to work uh, to make money uh, shall be uh, satisfied with bread. But he that followeth vain persons, a people that are void of anything, um, is void of understanding. In other words, they're void of the understanding of God. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding is in the Word of God. You don't have understanding if you don't know these things. The wicked desireth the net of evil men. But the root of the righteous uh, yieldeth fruit. Verse 13. I mean, I can explain these uh, different verses here forever. Um, the wicked desireth the net of evil men. They want to know how, uh, how evil men are making their money. Like they are showing all these motion pictures about the mafia and how glamorous it is and everything. And then people wind up desiring the net of wicked men, how they make their money, how they get their things. But the root of the righteous uh, yield is the... Ones uh, that yield fruit, they make, they win souls. And they're able to take care of the souls. 
like we do. Verse 13. The wicked is snared by the transgression of his lips. But the just shall come out of trouble. The wicked will be in trouble. Verse 14. A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. By when you're witnessing, using the word of God and living by it, not just talking it, but living by it. And the uh, recompense of a man's hands shall be uh, rendered unto him. Verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel, the counsel of the Lord, that is, is wise. Verse 16, a fool's wrath is presently um, known, but a prudent man covereth shame. Well, you know, a lot of people think that when there is um, Jesus showed wrath in the Bible that he was a fool. No, that's righteous indignation. That's not um, uh, the same kind of wrath that a person has against the word of God. Uh, as a matter of fact, God stated in the book, Jesus stated in the book of Revelation, that God's wrath uh, is coming down. So it, it is not, uh, God is not a fool, but God is allowed to have wrath because of people not paying any attention to his word. And uh, they are doing wicked things to people, such as the Germans, the Catholic Germans, are putting six million Jews to death. Now, God allowed that to happen because the Jews, um, most of them were rejecting the Messiah, the Savior, who could have saved them, but they didn't believe. God said in these last days he'd pull the veil off the Jews' eyes and 140 and 4,000 of them would be preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. So... Um, you know, you just have to know the word of God and know what it means. Uh, verse 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. And so how many people in this the United States of America are going uh, that think they're right in their own eyes? This is, quote, a ridiculous democracy where everybody is their own boss. This is the way it was during the time of Noah, and this is the time when God drowned them all. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel, the counsel of the Lord, that is, is wise. In other words, wisdom or wisdom is the fear of God, not the fear of people. So a fool's wrath is presently down, but a prudent man covereth shame. Now the Lord tells us to be angry. 
there's two kinds of anger. One is the anger uh, against evil. And against uh, evil is Satan personified. And his seducing spirits. But um, we can be angry at that. We must be. All of us that love the Lord hate evil. All of us that love the Lord hate Satan. We can't serve two masters. We must love one and hate the other. We cannot love the devil. People today, uh, they love the wages of uh, unrighteousness. They love uh, knowing they've heard the word and know that they're going to spend eternity in hell. They may try not to believe it, but it's for sure everyone's going to stand before God. And people love to live a life of fornication. And there's something so attractive to people that love darkness. They love the, uh, to receive the wages of sin, and they're going to receive them, but they're not going to love them when they receive them. So a fool's wrath is presently known. I uh, am angry. I'm angry at uh, stupidity after people have been trained for many years, 44 years, and they still uh, are so lax in their spirits that they uh, don't watch and they don't pay any attention to the word of God. And you'll see me um, get angry at things like that. And the Bible tells me to. But a, pr a prudent man covereth shame. You don't get angry at people for nothing. When you see people are sabotaging the work of God, this is something to be angry about. And if even if they weep, the people that are doing these things, that doesn't cut any ice with me whatsoever. And it doesn't with the Lord either. When people are uh, sent into hell, uh, they'll be weeping and wailing and gnashing on their teeth and chewing on their tongues for the pain there. But the Lord pays no attention to that. He's so full of wrath at them that he lets them suffer that pain throughout eternity. It's in the Bible. Verse 17 says, He that speaketh truth shows forth righteousness. Well, what is truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. So those that speak of Jesus are speaking. Uh, they show forth righteousness, that they're righteous. But a false witness Deceit, a person that uh, comes against the gospel, is deceitful, and the Lord hates that. Okay, now I'm in the Bible, and I'm changing pages here. There is uh, people that speak like the piercings of a sword. But the tongue of the wise is health. Whether they're reproving you or rebuking you or whatever, it's health if you receive it. Why do I say that? The Apostle James has stated, uh, confess your, um, your uh, faults one to another. 
and pray one for another. If you're, uh, you know, you've read the gospel and you see these things are said in the gospel, but you don't pay any heed to them whatsoever. There's people that immediately after the service, they go home. They don't wait around with the new souls to pray for them. Um, and they never uh, repent of it. They don't uh, confess their faults one to another and pray one for another. Uh, they don't. If they see somebody making a mistake, they jump on them uh, with all kinds of accusations. And there's no flexibility in them to let uh, people be um, able to stay in the church. They want them thrown out immediately. And here they've been in the church for so many years, and they have and there's been patience showed towards them, and they don't pay any attention uh, to that. They just feel that a new baby Christian that comes in should know all the things that they know, and they don't have any patience with them, and they want them thrown out. Uh, we have two Mexican uh, people in the church, that somebody uh, was wanting to wash their clothes and they didn't know what the story was in the church. They'd just been there one day and they thought that it was all community soap and everything, so they, in the brother's dorm, and so they took some soap. And there was these two Mexican brothers says, they stole, they called me on the phone, they took uh, soap that was uh, not theirs and uh, they, they can't stay in the church, Right? And I put them out instead because they're not flexible. The person didn't know. They didn't talk to them. They just wanted to see souls ground into the earth and sent to hell. They didn't like to pray for another that they may be healed. They never wanted to explain the rules of the church and that everybody owns their own soap even though they didn't even pay for it. We give give out the soap. That's James 5.16. Confess your sins to God. How many people actually confess their sins to God? Who is the only one that can forgive them? You can't forgive sin. I see on these different television programs all over the uh, all over television, saying, "Oh, we forgive you, brother. Uh, you committed adultery," and they are counseling the people in their quote churches unquote, which are really cults. They say, "Well, you know, God says we have to forgive one another. Confess your sins to God, who is uh, uh, only the only one that can forgive them." Besides, uh, the Lord doesn't forgive adultery. Only these heretics say that you can. They want to encourage everyone in their churches to commit adultery and fornication. But confess your sins to God, not to these reprobates. To God, who is the only one that can forgive the sins and confess your faults one to another. 
if you have given uh, offense to your friend, your brother, your sister, or whoever, your neighbor, and your neighbor is everybody, you are to acknowledge your wrong to them. And it is, uh, and ask for forgiveness. And it is their duty to freely forgive you. Seventy times seven. Then you are to seek the forgiveness of God after that. After your friend forgives you, then you are to go up to the throne of God and ask forgiveness for what you did. Because... Um, uh, after that, because the brother or sister or whoever uh, that you have offended or wounded is uh, the God owns them. They're the property of God. They belong to God. Not you. And there's all kinds of people in my church, and I imagine all other churches are, uh, thinking that there are pastors within the church. No, in my church, there's only one pastor, and that's me. And they're not uh, to uh, give counsel like this to people because they are not qualified. They're not anointed for it. These heretic churches make all that stuff up. The Bible states, he owns us. Because Jesus owns us, because he bought us with his own blood. He saved our souls. He uh, forgave our sins with his blood. So there he purchased us with his blood. And in injuring him, you sinned against God. Because Christ owns them and lay off. Christ owns them, who is also your creator and their creator and your redeemer and their redeemer. The case is brought, therefore, before the only true mediator, which is Christ who owns them. This is our great high priest, Jesus, who, quote, was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin, and who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hebrews 4.15 And is able to cleanse us from every stain of iniquity, of sin. You know, when there's sin on our souls, there's spots and blemishes on the soul. Uh, there's stains all over it. And our, uh, our uh, so spirit, our soul must be white as snow in order for us to enter the kingdom of heaven. People make it like, you know, they read in the, read, uh, the Reader's Digest or something, some condensed version of things, but... Uh, the Bible is not like that. God is not like that. Providing we have uh, abandoned that sin. So the Lord will wash away all sins and iniquities, providing we have abandoned those sins. 
Abandoning this as you've utterly forsaken sin. You never sin again because you seek the power of God through his word. The Bible states, he that covers his sin shall not prosper. In other words, you hide your sins. You're never going to prosper because God sees that sin stain on your soul and he sees no evidence of your wanting to repent. And so you're never going to prosper because only God, God is the giver of every blessing. And if you tick him off, you will receive by covering your sins. You shall not ever prosper. But whoso confesses, and the big word here is forsakes, totally puts them to an end. Who that confesses their sins unto the Lord and totally forsakes them, never commits them again, in other words, shall have mercy from God. There's no other one that can show you mercy. Somebody might uh, lick your wounds. But that isn't mercy unless they're telling you the truth. So many people like to go to a comfortable church where they agree that sin is okay and don't worry about it. But this is not love that's being shown to you. It's hatred. So we're supposed to seek for forgiveness of God and to confess our faults one to another because the brother you've offended again is the property of God. God owns them. You're not the boss of them. Jesus is supposed to be the boss of you because he also bought you. If you've uh, are breached, you've turned around and you're not able to let God live in his life, live his life in and through you, well, then you're not anything of God. The property of Jesus is Jesus's. You don't come over to my house and start uh, beating my children up. Because if you do, you're going to get yourself drop-kicked through the door. Or anyone in my church, for that matter. He brought you. He bought you, and he brought you out of the miry clay. He bought you with his own blood. There's no greater price that have been paid for people in this whole universe than the blood of Jesus. And it wouldn't do any good if you were bought with uh, somebody, uh, anything else, by anyone else. It wouldn't do you any good. You must be long to Jesus to enter heaven. And you must be squeaky clean, white as snow. In injuring uh, anybody, you have sinned against your creator, his creator, and your creator as well. And his Redeemer, and your Redeemer as well. The case, this type of a case, is brought before the only true mediator and great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has in every point been tempted like we, 
like we are, yet without sin, and who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Hebrews 4.15 And is able to cleanse us from every stain of iniquity, sin, so long as we totally forsake it. If you keep falling back into the same sin every five minutes or every day, you're not saved. It's just that simple. That's how you can live with your conscience. You have to be able to live with your conscience. You have to know that if you're asking forgiveness from the Lord for a sin that you did unconsciously, you did, uh, you didn't really, uh, you just didn't really know, well, then you can have a clear conscience by asking him to forgive you if you forsake it. People teach other things, but they're not teaching out of the Bible. This is their own Bible, and you're saved only by the words from God's Bible, the King James Version. Those who have not humbled themselves before God in acknowledging their guilt have not yet fulfilled the first condition of salvation. The number one condition of being accepted by the Lord. The first condition is this. If we have not experienced that kind of repentance, which is not to be repented of, and have not with true humiliation of soul and brokenness of spirit confessed our sins to God, abhorring our uh, iniquity. We have never truly sought for the forgiveness of sin and we're not saved. And if we never have sought, then we have never found the peace of God. You've never been forgiven of your sins and therefore you have a bitter conscience and you're living in misery because you know that there's no communication between you and God. Uh, let's put it this way. The only reason why we do not have a remission of sins, forgiveness of sins, uh, that are uh, part of the past is that we are not willing to humble our hearts and comply with the conditions of the word of truth, which is God, which is Christ. Ex explicit instruction is given concerning this entire matter in the Bible, in the word of God. Confession of sin, whether public or private, must be heartfelt. That's the very main thing, is if you are doing it with all your heart and soul. Those who diligently and vigilantly seek the Lord shall find him. That scripture has nothing to do with this, but you must uh, diligently and vigilantly with all your heart and soul. Seek for repentance.
with all your heart and soul and freely expressed you must freely express it this is not to be uh, you know I remember when God was showing me heaven and hell uh, in this apartment and I had my eyes closed and I saw myself very little like a molecule uh, blind and naked and I was uh, it just frightened me so much to see heaven and, he and then then the Lord would switch it over to hell and I would be I actually was screaming out God don't send my soul there this was not some uh, monotone meaningless prayer I was screaming out with my entire heart and soul and uh, there were uh, I had a singing group then and they were there and that's after I got done I was weeping crying out to God with all my heart and soul and they said that was beautiful after it was done I didn't care what they said at all I didn't care what they felt about it I was definitely seeking God with all my heart and soul don't send me there uh, I know that I belong there but don't send me there give me a chance do something Lord God that I will be free from all this uh, burden of uh, evil that I've done in my life and uh, it was really, I was really, uh, more than any other time in my life, I really was uh, terrified. Because people that are not terrified of meeting God with sin on their soul, there's something wrong with your brain, something wrong with your soul. I mean, if you really knew how horrible hell was, I mean, then you'd get on your knees and you'd start crying, screaming out to God. And God knows that this is coming from your heart. I pray that God will give you visions like he showed me. I've had all kinds of visions and dreams from God. And it's really uh, lasted all these years. This is going back over 40 years ago. 44 years now. And I was freely expressing my uh, desire uh, with all my heart and all my soul. This is not to be urged from the sinner. Uh, I, nobody urged me, oh, come on, come on, you're going to get saved, you're going to get... That came out of me, my heart. I see people saying, come on now, come on now, you're going to get saved, you're going to get saved. Nobody did that to me. I was there by myself. The people that were in the room with me were not there. It was like they were not. I didn't care. Nobody was urging me. They were just watching me like they were watching a motion picture. So this is not to be urged from the sinner. I see even people in the church come on forcing, trying to force them to come down. If there's no fear of God, they're not going to come down. They may come down to just... Um, please you, but they're not pleasing God. They're not supposed to please you. Who are you? That you should want people to please you.
because the reason that it's of no value is because it's supposed to be heartfelt. It has to be heartfelt. It's not to be made in a flippant or careless way to please man or female. Neither because, neither because it doesn't show any sincerity whatsoever. Nobody had to coax me. I cried out with all my heart and soul, and I was weeping. And when I felt the Lord say, okay, and that's it, and I felt his spirit come down and pour into my heart, it felt like the biggest boulder, like a boulder, huge boulder that was weighing me down, was unstrapped from my back, and I was set free. So it's not to be forced from those who have no realizing sense, no realization of the abhorrent character of sin. God was showing me sin. And we have a piece of literature also that uh, tells of my testimony. And also we have one of Bessie who said that God showed her her sin, that she she went to church and she was nice to people. And she was very nice to little children and things like that. And she was taking care of them and giving them her food rather than uh, their own. And she died and the Lord took her into hell. And she says, oh, Lord, I never thought I would ever go here. Why am I here? And he had a hold of her arm because she couldn't have ever gotten out of hell unless the Lord was leading her, had a hold of her. So she saw how abhorrent the character of sin. Well, what sin? She took care of kids. Uh, she went to church. She went to Protestant churches, Catholic churches. But she didn't have Christ living in her. And I didn't have Christ living in me either. And I was crying out when I saw hell. And that's what Bessie did. When she saw hell, she says, Oh, Lord, if you'll let me go back, I will, for the rest of my life, I will tell everyone that comes before me. There was the fear of the Lord, and that made her want to do something for God. If you don't fear God, you never do anything. You won't serve him. That's what God told Moses. So you have to confess with all your heart, soul, and mind, and strength. You don't know the abhorrent why. It's so abhorrent. What is the most abhorrent thing about it is that Christ died on the cross so that you could go to heaven. And that's what God, Jesus, showed um, Bessie in hell was him dying on the cross and shedding his blood. And that you never told anybody these things. And she said, I will tell him, oh, my God, I didn't know that it was this way. I didn't know that. So because of the fact that she didn't know it, but uh, you people know it. I mean, you're being told these things, and if you don't pay heed to the knowledge of these things, without having seen visions or dreams, you the word of God should be enough. To tell you, but I never read the word of God, so I didn't know him. The Lord had mercy on me. He showed me these signs and wonders, visions and dreams. The confession, that is the outpouring of the innermost soul, 
finds its way to the throne of God, the God of infinite pity. He will have pity on you if you ask him. The psalmist David said, quote, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalms 34, 18. The confession is always of a specific character and acknowledges particular sins. It spells, you spell them out. I knew, and I just, uh, the Lord knew that I knew because he was showing me, and I, uh, I just, I really didn't know they were sin until the Lord showed me. They be of such a nature as to be brought before God and God only. You never are to confess your sins before mere man. Confess them before God and your faults before your brothers, sisters, and neighbors. That may be wrong, some may think. They may be wrong that should be confessed to individuals also who have suffered injury by you through them. Or there may be other public-type confessions or uh, uh, character and should then be as publicly confessed. But all confession must be definite and to the point. And I don't say that confession of uh, sins, this I'm saying to God, uh, some of uh, people in my church used to go up to, like men would go up to women and say, I want to confess to you that I've always wanted to have sex with you. That is a big no-no. Because what you're doing is planting the seed in some female's heart that may be very weak in the spirit. And she will fall away because uh, all the time that she sees you in the congregation from then on, he really would like to have sex with me. He really, and eventually, it more than likely would happen. So this is not the kind of confession that the Lord is talking about. And if anybody ever did it in my church any longer, they won't be in the church. Because what they're trying to do is turn the property of God, of Christ, onto committing fornication or adultery even. And so all this type of confession, you never offended that person uh, because you ne you would have offended them if you would have done such a thing. But that better not ever be done in my church or you won't be there. And I want everybody to know that. Or if you said that, especially to a married woman, you're inciting adultery. Or if you as a female come up to a man that's married and say, um, or any man in the church and say, I have these dreams about you that we're having sex. That isn't confession. I mean, it's a, the true confession of uh, 
Repent, you keep that to yourself. If you say it to God, you confess that to God. Amen? Yeah. Or if you're looking at a person with lust and the person sees you, then you're causing them to know what you're all about. And if you're tempting people uh, to sin, well, then you become a tool of Satan. And the Lord will give you your reward one of these days. You are not to tempt people to sin. Because if you do, you're going to be lost in the end. And if you did, you have to confess it to God and get rid of it if you want to have a clear conscience. And that means that you have to forsake it. Never do it again. Yeah, so you have to be definite to the point with the Lord, acknowledging your very sins of which you are guilty. In the days of Samuel, the Israelites wandered from God. They drifted away. They were suffering the consequences of sin, for they had lost their faith in God. Lot had the word of God also. They had lost their uh, discernment of the Lord's power. If you lose your discernment of the Lord's power, and that he can pull the breath right out of your body, and even though they lost discernment of uh, his wisdom, in other words, they had no fear of God. Wisdom is the fear of God. And the knowledge to rule the entire nation. This is uh, the knowledge of God to rule the world. They lost their confidence in his ability to defend and vindicate his cause. They turned from the great ruler of the entire universe and desired to be governed as one of the nations, all the nations around them, before uh, they found peace, they made this definite confession. They said to God, quote, We have uh, added unto all our sins this evil to ask of you a king. First Samuel 12.19 The very sin of which they were convicted, had to be confessed. The Holy Spirit convicts our uh, uh, um, our consciences. That's what our conscience is for and makes us guilty. That's why we have to have a conscience sensitive to the Spirit of God. The ingratitude oppress their souls and severed themselves away from God. Confession will not be accepted to God without sincere repentance and reformation. There must be a decided change in the life. Everything offensive to God must be put away forever, abandoned. This will be the result of a genuine sorrow for sinning. The work that we have to do on the part 
is plainly outlined before us in the Bible. The word of God says, which is God, quote, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes, cease to do, do evil, learn to do good, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow, Isaiah 1, 16 and 17. Well, um, I'll tell you, I've got some letters here and we're going to read them. I'll take this up on tomorrow's broadcast and make sure you listen. Where is the first letter from? From Lima, Peru. All right, let's hear it. Translated from Spanish. O servant of the Most High, thanks to God for sending me your literature. The inmates at the women's prison thank you and congratulate you for your work that you do for the goodness of the socially unadapted. We are reading your literature that you sent us. Thank you for them. I desire that you send me a variety of more literature. This prison has about 8,000 inmates. It is the largest in Peru, and every night we say your prayer that you taught us through your literature. Please help us by sending your literature some 3,000 pieces for reading. Over here they call us the Tony Alamo Sisters. I will await your shipment. I want to win souls for Christ. I want to be a distributor of your literature here in the prison. Leslie from Lima, Peru. Uh, Lord bless you, Leslie. God bless all of you uh, people there in that prison. And there's another prison there that has uh, 6,000 new converts. This prison has 8,000 people. We know that at least 3,000 have uh, converted. Now then, uh, we have anything that's not too long? Yes. Okay, let's go. From Bushnell, Florida. Dear Tony Alamo, thank you for the new Bible. I was stunned at how fast you sent it. I also got a stack of your newsletters. I intended to simply drop them off at the chapel, but the chapel was not open, so I took them to the rec yard, where, to my surprise, the prisoners devoured them all. I have a request for your book, The Messiah, in Spanish, so please send some Spanish newsletters also. Thank you, Daniel from Bushnell, Florida. Praise the Lord. Well, now is the time to make confession to the Lord of all your sins and repent of them, so that Christ, with his Father by the Spirit, can live in you. And it's so easy, and this is the first step to salvation, is to say this prayer sincerely to God. Say to him, My Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God in the Word of God. I uh, believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for me, uh, that I can be saved. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. You will not turn me away. Why? Because your word says you won't, and you can't lie. Uh, You can't die, and you can't fail. Uh, You said that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord, upon you, Lord, uh, that you will in no wise cast away, that you will save their souls. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I am saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. 
Now just raise your hands up and give glory to the Lord. Praise him and thank him. Give him all the glory for that. And share and tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 792. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370, or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right, here's a song that a good friend of mine wrote. His name is Chris Christopherson. Pray for him. And the name of the song is, a lot of people say, why did God give such a song to him? He's a sinner. Well, we're supposed to pray for sinners and witness to him. So pray for Chris. The name of the song is, Why Me, Lord? Why me, Lord? What have I to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known. Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you for the kindness you've shown? can try to repay all I've taken from you. Maybe, Lord, I can show someone else what I've been through myself on my way back to My soul's in your hand. 